You are listening to episode nine of Daughters on Fire. Today, it's just me, Melissa, going solo and talking to you about living well and dying well. I'm going to touch a little bit on the power of flexibility and positive thinking, but I promise no Pollyanna preaching. I'm just going to shoot straight with you and um, just talk to you from my heart. So stay tuned. Are you stressed, burned out, and looking for answers as you care for an aging parent? If you are, this podcast is for you. Here you will receive actionable advice from seasoned professionals, validation and compassion for the incredibly tough job you are doing, and most importantly, supportive love from a community of like-minded warriors. You're not alone. Join this powerful community as we support you on your complicated journey and help you transform into an empowered and calmer caregiver. This is Melissa Burton and welcome back to Daughters on Fire. So glad you are here. In today's episode, I'm going to do a riff. Some of you might know what that is. Um, If you're like me, it may be kind of new to you. And apparently, that's where I just go on my own and kind of talk to you about something that I think is important and timely um, it might, you know, just hit you right now where, where you need it most and that big heart of yours with a little bit of com- compassion and insight. So today I want to talk to you, just a little one-on-one here, about aging well. And I may have mentioned this on another episode, but I've really noticed it lately in my practice as I meet with people individually, but also in groups um, and do presentations that I really think there are some distinct chapters, if you will, or distinct um, insights to the last chapter of life. And as individuals, I think we look at two of them. I think we can prepare for two of them really, really well. And then there's one, the one in the middle, the sandwich one in the middle that gets um, kind of pushed aside. And so I want to speak to that. So three aspects of aging well. One is just the aging well. That's the part where you're still independent. You're probably retired, maybe volunteering or even finding an encore career. You're finding purpose. You're getting out there. You're living life. You may be a grandparent. You may be traveling the world. You are living the best life possible. And you've intentionally set goals and ideas around living well, sustaining your health, um, engaging with your, you know, with your loved ones, with others, and just making you know, that last phase of life, um, the best it possibly can be. But during that phase, you're still relatively independent, healthy, and active. I'm going to jump ahead to the very final stage is a good death. And this is something not a lot of people like to talk about because it's kind of sad and uh, morbid um, because it is dealing with our own mortality, but people still plan for a good death. And that's where you have your affairs in order, you have your legacy plan in place, you probably have planned your funeral, you have your advanced directives in place, um, your, your wishes known, maybe a plot picked out. You know what you want it to look like when you're gone and those loved ones are grieving for you, you want to try and make that process as easy on them. And then from a spiritual standpoint, you may have also prepared for what's next, your faith and belief in your journey beyond just who we are and how we are on this earth. 
but it's the middle part of the journey that people kind of come up um, confused around, and that's dying well. And I call it dying well, and it's not just like, oh, you know, on hospice last few weeks of life, not just that. I'm talking about when you kind of move into that stage of frailty, you start to lose your independence, you start to lose your capacity to control the reality of what's going on around you. And it can be a roller coaster and it can impact everybody. Um, in fact, it often does. You've wanted to be really independent. You've wanted to take the burden off of yourself or not off yourself. You wanted to take the burden on yourself and take it off of those that you love around you and even society. But this is that stage of life where you actually don't have a choice and you are a burden and you do have to rely on others. And probably even hearing me say that, that you are a burden makes us all cringe inside just a little bit. No, I don't want to be a burden. No, <laughs> I want to prepare. I want to control. I want to do everything I can not to have to do that. I want to live the best life ever, go to bed at the age of 99, 364 days and not wake up the next morning and have all my affairs in order, a legacy and something to pass on to the next generation and a life worth celebrating. That's what we all want, but that's not usually what happens. Just like there is labor coming into this world, it's hard, it's difficult. Often there is a labor and a difficulty about going out of this world. So that stage of frailness, of fragility, and of loss of independence, usually, I mean, it doesn't usually just last nine months like a pregnancy does, depending on what it is about you know, your body and your system that is slowly deteriorating with time, it could last years or it could be relatively quickly, happen quickly. You know, it could be um, a disease process that comes on fast or it could be something like a heart attack in the middle of the night and it's, it's here and gone and you're gone before anybody really notices it. But preparing for it is something we can't do. You can't really pre fully prepare to be in control of the unknown. But you can prepare to approach that stage of life with a different mentality, with a different thought process about what's going to happen. And you can cultivate that in several different ways. One way is to remain flexible. And do I mean literally physically flexible? Of course. No, not really. But let me tell you, remaining flexible as long as you possibly can, like physically flexible, is going to get you through, you know, those uh, age that those decades and get you into more living well versus frailty a lot better. My 84-year-old father, I was showing him something the other day, and he got down on the floor on his hands and knees and looked at it and then popped right back up. And let me tell you, that is fantastic, and I am so excited that he has that kind of flexibility. But let's talk about emotional flexibility. Emotional flexibility allows you to be adaptive, allows you to let go of things, allows you to think about things from a different perspective. And that's, that's something you can cultivate, but sometimes think something that's very hard. So I know I'm talking to caregivers out there, and you're not necessarily the one that is in this phase of life. But 
how you can prepare for this phase of life. If you're looking at a loved one who is going through it and you're like, how can I do it differently? Then this is where you can cultivate a different mindset and one of flexibility is kind of where you can start. And so with that, you start to maybe think about life in a different way. Detachment from outcomes is a, again, it goes back to that flexibility and resiliency. If you can find a way to slowly cultivate a mindset where you're detaching from outcomes, your life is going to be so much easier in this caregiving moment and also so much easier as you get to the phase of life that you're witnessing right now. And also an attitude of gratitude, an attitude of positive thinking. This is also a key fundamental part that can be transformative in your experience as a caregiver and your experience and your resiliency as you go through these stages of life. Now, some of you, and I was a skeptic as well, might be thinking, I'm tired of hearing about this movement of gratitude. Think positive, be happy, you know, that's all where it's, it comes from. Well, my life is difficult right now. I've got, I'm juggling so much, I can barely have time for myself. I'm sleep deprived, financially stressed. It's all just piling up on me. How can I find, you know, put on the happy face and just be cheery, cheery all the time? And that's not really what I'm talking about here. What I'm talking about is allowing yourself to think about what's good in the midst of what's hard. So I want to give you some scenarios of what this might look like and the difference. Because you know what? You're right. You don't have to be happy. You can look at everything and call it what it is and live there in that and be grumpy. And that's just fine. I'm not judging you for that. Complete non-judgmental curiosity with this. If that is really where you are, then be there. That's okay. But it's not making things easier for you. It's just probably, you know, allowing yourself to experience your emotions when there's, there's something to be said for that as well. But think of it this way. I'm going to give you kind of two scenarios. Let's say person A and person B both get the call in the middle of the night. Mom, who is at an assisted living, fell and she is really hurt. It may look like she has broken something, maybe her hip. Um, we've been worried about that this call was going to come. It's 12 at night. Uh, you, it, it's cold. It's January. It's cold. And you have to hop in the car and head up to the nearest emergency room hospital where she has been transported. You're scared. You're tired. You had an important meeting tomorrow and you're heading up there. Okay. Person A who doesn't cultivate this flexibility, detachment from outcome and gratitude and positive thinking. Well, actually, no, I'm going, yeah, doesn't, I'm going to start with the person who doesn't embody all of that. They show up, they're kind of like, why me? I knew this day would come. This is just going to be a terrible week. I'm not liking how this is starting off. Mom's probably going to be feeling terrible. She's going to make me um, try to figure everything out for her. I don't know what to do. So you go in, 
you, you know, you, you park, you head in, you go straight to mom and, and mom's there and, and mom's even, you know, trying to do her best to stay cheerful, but she's, um, she's being a little goofy and you're like, uh, mom is, you know, she's trying to win everybody over, but this is, this is really crappy. I just wish, um, this wasn't happening. Um, the nurse who seems to be a little snippy, she's there. Your doctor comes in. Everything seems very just clinical and they're answering your questions, but you're just aggravated and frustrated and you're in this state of mind. Hours go on and your mom starts to get really uncomfortable. The medication's wearing off. It's now 3 a.m. You're exhausted. You're you know, scrolling through the latest news of the coronavirus and that's now in your area and you're just getting more and more amped up about the what ifs and the how are you going to overcome this and at what point do you call and tell your boss that you're not going to be in and then it's been 15 minutes and your mom's call light still hasn't been answered. So you're like, oh my goodness, why? Why? You know, she's miserable right now and she's looking at me like somehow I'm causing this. Okay, mom, I'm going to go get it all taken care of. You head down the door and then you're like, oh, there's that nurse. And you get to the nurse and you're like, the call light's been on for a while. Can somebody please come get take care of it? And the nurse kind of rolls her eyes and she's like, I'll get there when I can. You go back to the room, you know, another five minutes and you are just, you know, steaming, steaming, steaming. And finally, the nurse comes in, gives your mom medication and your mom settles in, sleeps. And, and finally, the night rolls to an end and at some point you're able to go home. But you feel alone, you feel aggravated, you feel frustrated. All of these feelings are all up inside of you. Okay, so that is what can happen if you're not embodying the flexibility detachment from outcomes in gratitude. So I want to take that scenario and paint it for you and see if it can, the outcome can look a little bit different. So let's say same thing. You wake up 3am call, you're so worried and you're driving into, you know, Nashville and it's super cold and you're heading in. You're like, Oh my goodness, this is going to be a long night but I'm going to remember to stay mindful and just take some deep breaths. And as you're breathing in and you're breathing out in the present moment, you're like, thank goodness I got a car with seated, heated seats because I'm not freezing anymore. You get to the um, hospital and luckily they have valet. So they take your car and you head on in. And as you're there at the door, someone's holding the door open for you. And you're like, thank you so much for that. And in your mind, you think, wow, I wonder why that person's here in the middle of the night. I wonder if they're going through something similar and you're grateful for their kindness just in a passing moment. You finally get up to the, the room and you see your mom and you can tell she's scared, but she's trying to make the most of it and she's still trying to joke around. You're like, okay, this is bad, but mom's you know doing the best she can. She's still able to crack a joke. Thank goodness I can still you know engage with my mom that way. Then you get the doctors coming in, you get the nurse, and you can tell, man, this nurse is having a bad night, and she's being super bitchy, and it gets under your skin, and you get irritated, but, you know, you're like, okay, great, I have to deal with this nurse, but in the meantime, you and your mom are in the room, she's uh, quietly just 
maybe taking a brief nap and you're able to have a few quiet moments to yourself, but instead of going on your phone, you decide you're going to do some deep breathing, maybe uh, visit your app that your, you know, meditation app that kind of helps you stay calm. Maybe you go to one that's about stress and you're able to feel a little bit more grounded, even though it's the middle of the night and you're totally stressed out. Next thing you realize your mom's waking up and she's in pain, turn on the call light, 20 minutes, 15, 20 minutes later, still nobody has come. You're like, okay, you're getting, your blood's boiling a little. You don't want your mom to be in pain and suffering. You're like, okay, mom, I'm going to take care of this. You turn, you know, go down the hallway and lo and behold, who is there except bitchy nurse, right? So you don't feel any better about this nurse than person A, but you head towards the nurse and you're like, okay, I'm going to do my best to advocate for mom. I'm going to do my best to advocate for mom. I'm going to do my best to advocate for mom. And you get there and you say, you know, mom needs some pain meds and the nurse is rolling her eyes. And finally, in a moment of true authenticity, you let your guard down and you start crying. The tears are slowly coming down your face. And for some of you, you, be, you might be like, oh no, this would never happen. I would stay in that moment of anger. But that moment of anger may be a lot more about fear and sadness than it is about anger. And then you, lo and behold, the nurse sees that and maybe her eyes get a little misty. She's still kind of a hardcore nurse and she's covering up, but she looks, in, she looks at you this time instead of rolling her eyes and you say, look, I'm just scared for my mom and she's in pain and I really want to do the best for her right now. And I don't want this to be it. I don't want this to be how I lose my mom. Now she probably, you're not going to lose your mom to the pain, but in this moment, you're scared you're going to lose your mom. And this isn't how you want to lose her is under these store, this story in this circumstance. And then all of a sudden that hard exterior of the nurse may ease up a little. She might tell you something. She might say, okay, I understand. It is really busy here tonight, but I understand I lost my mom last year. I'm sorry you're going through this. And all of a sudden, you're like, wow, she's not this, you know, really hardcore nurse. There's something in her life, too, that has impacted where she is and how she's behaving. You go back down to the room, and it still takes the nurse another five minutes to get down there. But when she does, she looks at you and she looks at your mom, and she has a little bit more compassion and she eases the anxiety and the tension in the room, and she gives your mom the medication, and she walks out, and you think to yourself, this sucks, but I don't feel alone, because you know that nurse has some shared experience too. And it may be that there are still some ups and downs with the care that your mom's going to get, however long she's in the hospital, but right now, in that moment, you have a little bit more peace and so does your mom because she's now resting comfortably. And so you walk out that night, you know, whenever you're able to head back home and you are go going home, not so filled with frustration and anger, but maybe a re little realization that this is a hard road and it's scary, but you're not alone. You're going to, you're doing absolutely the best you can and you're going to give yourself a lot of grace. And from that grace, you're giving other people that grace too. And you just feel better. Were the outcomes different in those two scenarios? No. The same thing happened, but the outcomes emotionally were much different. So I want you to think about that, that having a different mindset can change things fundamentally on this experience. And 
it can reverberate in the world around you. So I said that, you know, the circumstances weren't different, but they were a little bit different in that the peace and grounded feeling that you were able to bring in all of that does spread to those around you. So the power of positive thinking, changing your world and your life, it actually can change because if you cultivate a place where you're letting go of the outcome, I don't know what's going to happen. I'm going to let go of my expectations of what I want to happen. And I'm just going to be present. I'm going to be flexible. When I get a call in the middle of the night, I'm going to get up and go, am I going to be frustrated, angry? Yeah, you're not going to like rule out all those emotions. You're not going to bottle them up. That's not healthy either. But you're just going to roll with it. And you're going to embrace a more grateful attitude so that you can see and enjoy the little moments of life in the midst of such a hard, hard time. So I hope that's helpful. I hope thinking about it in that way is helpful. If that's something you're like, yeah, you know what? I'm ready. I really do want to kind of cultivate that mindset a little bit more. How do I do that, Melissa? Well, I would encourage you to check out the Facebook page um, of Daughters on Fire. There's a community page and we're constantly kind of giving you tips and ideas of where to start. I mentioned meditation and mindfulness. Um, we'll have a course on kind of cultivating a caregiver's mindset around meditation and mindfulness. So stay tuned for that. Um, and then we also have the, the premium group where you can get some more intimate one-on-one -on -one support with the community, with me, with Robin, and with the, some of the other hosts where you can ask us questions and we are more present. Like, so you get that almost one-on-one -on -one counseling and support um, in that other group. So just engage and reach out for help because like I said, um, you are not alone. You are not alone. And, you know, taking care of yourself by admitting that you need help, you need help in, in kind of developing this is an amazing first step. So that is my riff for the day. I hope you all enjoyed it. And um, yeah, please come back. And I look forward to engaging with you on the Facebook page. We hope you enjoyed today's episode and ask that you subscribe to this podcast. If you find this podcast helpful, please leave a review so we can reach more women like you. You are not alone on your journey and the Fire Tribe is here to support you. Check us out at DaughtersOnFire.com and our Facebook group for more support and resources. Until next time, remember, you are the fire that fuels the engine of life.